Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in. Wednesday live chat, U.S. Open. Questions, comments, concerns. Drop anything you want in the chat right now because this time is yours. It's not really mine. I'm just kind of the conduit from the chat to the chat. I'll do my best. We are indeed brought to you by Jock Market. Talk about them in just a little bit. Stock Market DFS, fascinating stuff. I will be out at Brookline. I'm leaving tonight. I'll be there. If you're there Thursday through Sunday, give me a holler. Come introduce yourself. Say hello. Always fun to meet everybody. What else? What else? Hmm. RickRunGood.com. That's where all the stats are from. Here we go. <clears throat> Chad says, in your models, is there one type of contest that your ownership projections are geared towards? And if so, what would be the best way to adjust for different contests? Uh, yes, Chad. The ownership projections are for essentially what is like the Millie maker. So a 150 max entry large GPP. That, that is what they are geared towards. When you start getting into less entry, less entries, uh, single entries, they those tend to be a bit more polarizing. The chalky guys tend to be a little bit chalkier. Uh, so that's how I would kind of a, adjust according to your according to your uh, contest of preference. Who's the chalkiest guy you're comfortable fading? Okay, here we go, Eric. So this is the cheat sheet over at rickrungood.com. Uh, let's just sort this by projected ownership. The chalkiest guy that I'm comfortable fading. As much as I love Davis Riley, probably Davis Riley, right? I haven't met 20.1% of the ownership. He is sucking up a lot there in the bottom of the $7,000 range. Love the guy. He's been awesome. I think he's going to play well for a long time. But this is, it's really different when you get to a major championship. And there's so many guys here. And then you look at who else is in that 7K range. And there are some, there are some viable options at the bottom of the seven. So um, kind of an untested rookie going to a, a U.S. Open for the first time since he's been, like, really, really good, I think that's kind of the easiest fade right there, um, at least the one that makes me the most comfortable. Is the wind enough to fade the PM AM players? Jake, I knew I knew someone was going to ask this, and I'm ready. So here is – well, let me get myself out of the way so that we can see this. Here's the weather for the week, and I'll zoom out so you can see the day here. And I like to use weather underground. You can use wind finder, all good, but I like to get a feel for this. So here's what I see. Not a meteorologist Thursday morning. So they're going to tee off around what? 6am four mile an hour winds by 8am, seven mile an hour winds by 12pm, 12 mile an hour winds. And then basically for the rest of the week, or at least for the rest of the first two rounds, you're kind of hovering in that 10 to 15 miles an hour. I think that there is a very small window for guys that go out very early to maybe get an edge there. There might be no edge whatsoever, but I think that there is a small group of golfers that might be able to get a bit of a better condition. Are they good enough to take advantage of it? That's kind of a different story. If you want to look at like the very early tee times, it's usually not the, the studs of the studs, but um, I'm not going out of my way to play those guys. But I think that maybe they get like, I don't know, a quarter of a stroke, something like that, as far as an edge. Not something that I'm taking into account for my entire player pool. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. Rick, says Brian, stoked for this week. What is your ideal pairing? Jordan, Spieth, Davis, Riley, Xander Shoffley, or Webb Simpson? Sorry, Xander and Webb, or Xander and Riley, or Xander, or Jordan and Webb. Wow, okay. I would probably say... Um, so we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do the thing. So let me okay, let me just jump to this one here. Joe says, 
Is there a concern with Spieth, quote, not feeling good? What is the pivot if he doesn't play? So as far as I am aware, that report was tweeted out by um, the Spieth tracker account. I have not seen that confirmed anywhere else. If you, if you guys have, please let me know. And it's not to take away from the tracker account, but I like to have it a, a little bit more solidified. A couple of people, maybe someone talks to Jordan, asks him about it. Uh, the, the, the tweet was like, Hey, he left the driving range and wasn't feeling well, something like that. <clears throat> As of right now, Joe, I'm right. Wednesday, Wednesday of, of major championship weeks. I think we generally should be plugging our ears. Uh, you shouldn't even be tuning into this. I don't know why you are, but you know, Colin Morikawa tells us he doesn't like the way his clubs interacting with the ball wins the open championship. We, uh, hear Hideki Matsuyama rate his game as one out of 10 goes on to win the Zozo championship or, or whatever it was that week. It's just like, it's so hard to really gather, especially when it's not like, uh, a super well-sourced report. So with that being said, I'm going to answer this question from Brian in regards to Jordan playing. And we'll obviously keep an eye on this. I would go with um, Jordan and Davis Riley. Wow. There is a super chat here, uh, which I don't, there's no comment. It's just from Rochelle. Massive super chat. Thank you very much. That is uh, never required, always appreciated, but I, I do certainly appreciate it. Hey, Rick, thanks for the great content. If you had to go, if you had to rate finishing positions for Finau, Fleetwood, and M, where would you put them finishing? Keep up the great work. If I understand this correctly, um, which I'm not sure that I do, like average finish for Tony Finau, let's say like T13, average finish for Sung JM, maybe like T19, and Fleetwood like T23, something like that. I don't, th those might not be great numbers, but that's where my mind goes immediately. Um, if you want to look at what Tony Finau has been up to, like we just look at the stat profile here. This is such a good stat profile, right? Forget the fact that he quote, doesn't close or whatever, but look at all the strokes he hemorrhaged around the greens from the start of the year to the masters. And then he gains three and a half, three, two, even 3.5. Look at the putter hemorrhaging strokes from last year's tour championship to this year's players championship. Now he's gained strokes in seven of eight. This is a big deal. I think this is a really big deal. And and Finau gained 18 strokes last week. That would have been enough to win 94 out of the last 100 PGA Tour events. I think he's getting a little bit unlucky when it comes to kind of like win luck. But this is a very, very, very good stat profile that I'm excited to run out this week. <clears throat> Smash the like button, people. That's a good idea. Rick, what's your confidence level on Kevin Na this week? His U.S. Open track record is less than celebrity showing up all over my models. You probably have a lot of approach models, which I do not blame you for. So there's a really weird thing happening with Kevin Na right now. He is um, not historically a very good approach player. And all of a sudden, he's gaining a ton of strokes on approach. One, two, three, four, five straight events. He's gained at least three, upwards of nine. So if we go to... What would that be? Last 20 rounds? I bet you in the last 20 rounds, he's one of the best approach players in the field. Let's look. <clears throat> last 20 rounds, approach. Kevin Knott is number one. I almost scrolled right past him. 1.52. Combine that with already a stellar around the green play. What we know about him is that he's a high upside golfer, right? You're not playing <clears throat> Kevin Knott because you think he's safe. You're just not. You're playing him for the snap-up upside of him finishing like T6 here. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I am quite bullish on 
Kevin Knott. Is Aaron Wise a viable play this week on DraftKings and maybe even a pivot off of Sungjae? Thanks, Rick. Well, let's look at his ownership. So Sungjae is going to eat up a lot of ownership here. Where is he? Right here. 18.2%. Um, I've got Aaron Wise at about 8%. So about 10% less than what I project Sungjae in, in to come in at. Uh, so is... Aaron Wise, or is Sung J.M. that much better than Aaron Wise? Well, nearly two times as likely to win this golf tournament. If you look at the betting odds, no, probably not. If you look at the advanced metrics, no, probably not. Let's deep dive Wise because I think plenty of people have been deep diving Sung J.M. all week long. I don't think we need to do that any longer. So here we go. Gained seven strokes on approach in two of his last four starts. And when he does that, it turns into really good results. T6 and a runner-up finish. The putter, we've talked about this. We've talked about this a lot. He's much better with the putter now. He's still going to have some bad weeks. He's historically one of the you know horrible putter the last couple of years. But he's really starting to figure it out. I, I think I more worry about his shortcomings around the green. He's okay. He's a slight positive in his last eight. But you're going to get some weeks where he's going to give back like three or four. Um, I, I do like this as a pivot play. Um, cause you look at some of the other guys in this range, where is he, you know, Corey Connors, who I love getting a little bit more exposure, 12.6%. Louis Ustazen, who I understand, but that's only 6%. You know, if Louis Ustazen was 1% or 2%, I think I'd be a little bit more interested. So I, I do believe that he is a natural pivot out of that range. <clears throat> Is Lonto Griffin under 7,500 still a thing? I thought it was under 7,000. Wasn't that the thing? Let's look. So the new uh, golfer profiles here, if you haven't noticed, I've basically consolidated all the information, added some more, and then put it all basically where you don't have to scroll as much. So here we go. We've got all his results and all his fantasy stuff here um, with his salary. So... Last time we saw him under 7,500, well, well, we see him under 7,500 a lot, but it was 7,100, T51 at the Memorial, 6,300, 60th at the PGA Championship. Uh, let's see, 7,500, T53 at the Valero, 7,100, T52 at the Arnold Palmer, 7,200, T39 at the Genesis. So, no, it doesn't, it doesn't really look like that's a thing anymore. His best finish um, during that stretch where he was kind of on the cheaper side was Shriners. He was 6,900. Finished T6 there. So, uh, no, unfortunately, I do not believe that is still a thing. Uh, sorry, my chat is jumping around here. I'm trying to keep my spot. Uh, talked about Kevin Na. So, yes, Joe. Any interesting Na or list? Yep, both of them, but Na's kind of interesting. Uh, good luck on the grounds this week. Rick says, Hayden, thank you. Cantlay looks good across the board every week with his stats, and I can never get him out of the top 10 of the model that I run. Is he finally going to perform? Great question. If I knew the answer to that, I would uh, have my own island by that by now. I'm, I'm quite on the record of saying the idea that Patrick Cantlay hasn't played well at major championships doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for it. His game is sharp. He's won big events before. He's won high profile, a lot of money events. He has the, the skill set that should easily translate to a major championship. I will continue to be the dummy that plays him if he's going to continue to miss cuts at major championships. I just, I don't understand it. I'm waiting out variants. I'm rocking and rolling with him, with him, Hayden. Deep dive on Adam Scott. Also just read the post. Yeah, we talked about speed. I, I don't know. Uh, we'll continue to monitor the, the, the speed stuff. <clears throat> I'm currently not doing, I'm, I've not moved any exposure on speed at all. Uh, we'll see. Here's Adam Scott. 
So he had a couple of good finishes at Riviera. He had a deep run at the match play. That's basically it on the PGA Tour since the turn of the year. Uh, a lot of, you know, 30th place finishes. T67 was the last time we saw him at the Memorial. Excellent on approach. That might be his best approach round pro, approach week in a long time. Yeah, one of them. Uh, like his seventh best ever. It's kind of interesting. Gives me a little bit of optimism. Let me flip this back by chronological here. Oh, loss. Oh, boy. Oh, oh my God. Look at the short game numbers. So I don't necessarily even care that he lost seven strokes. Whoops, sorry. Thank you. I was not sharing my screen. I don't even care that he lost seven strokes around the green at the Memorial. That's That place piles it up sometimes. On the putting surfaces, off the tee can get you. It piles up bad stat lines. I'm more worried that he's lost in the short game in five of his last six. That's not great. Driver, eh, right? A little iffy at times. I'm like a three out of 10 in terms of excitement on, on Adam Scott. Cantlay or Hideki, a better, a better pivot in the nines. Let's look at their ownership together. I have Hideki at 11%. I have Cantlay at, where are you, Pat? Oh, right next to him, 12. Um, I would probably say Cantlay. If you made me guess, I think Cantlay is going to come in lower than this, 12.7%. I still think people like to play him. And you've got Lowry and Neiman and Will and Spieth and like everybody lurking around. I, I don't think I don't think Cantlay necessarily comes in at that rate. Uh, any love for Patrick Reed? Yes. Yes. Right. So let me run something for you here. Let's go to the Holy Grail last five years or so. Let's just run small green. So the way that I calculate that is anything under 5,000 square feet. Uh, sort this by strokes gain total. We have some familiar names at the top. No surprises. John Rahm, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay. Justin Rose is there. Number five, Patrick Reed. And look at how he does it. Short game. He's getting nearly a stroke around, uh, nearly a stroke between around the green and putting. That's how he does it. And it makes sense, right, Andy? This, this passes the sniff test. When you have tiny greens, golfers are less likely to hit them. When everyone is less likely to hit them, the guys with great short games are going to rise to the top. That's bearing out in 123 rounds since 2018 by Patrick Reed on greens that are smaller, significantly smaller than tour average. It makes sense. Also, I think he thrives as the villain. But yes, I, I, I actually have a ticket. I bet Patrick Reed to win this event a month ago. I have him at 125 to one. So a lot has changed since then. You know, he announced he's, he's going to play and live. And we didn't get to see him play at the Canadian Open. I wanted, to, I thought he was going to play well at the Canadian Open as well. So yeah, I'm in. I'm in. The numbers bear it out, and it makes sense. Good luck getting sleep on the red eye tonight. Good. Luckily, Kevin, uh, being in an airplane, might as well. I might as well be back in the womb. The 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 noise. I can sleep. I can sleep in that. I think I'll be okay when I get there. Um, who are you warming on? Who are you cooling on? So obviously, I've got to figure out what to do with Jordan Spieth if the reports are true. And again, if you're just tuning in, don't freak out. There was a tweet from Spieth Legion, I think it was, about Jordan Spieth not necessarily feeling well. I'm hoping someone asks him about it. It gets confirmed later. We're going to keep an eye out on it. As of right now, I've changed no exposure. Who am I warming on? Who am I cooling on? So I will admit, um, I'm not necessarily an unbiased source here, but I think you guys know I'm I'm pretty fair when it comes to assessing Victor Hovland's chances at, at, at different golf courses. And there is a real thing about uh, when you have a, def a statistical deficiency like he does around the greens, 
what's better for him? It's not tight lies. It's not Augusta National. It's not Southern Hills. It's thick rough. Think Arnold Palmer. Think Bay Hill. Right. It's thick rough around these greens. A little bit easier to to kind of get get a little slide underneath of it. So I, I think I'm I'm warming on on Victor uh, from a from a non from an unbiased standpoint, and I'm also probably warming on. John Rahm, yeah, yeah. We talked about John Rahm a lot, but I, I mean, he's he's fixed the short game stuff, and that's the only thing. I, I actually wrote about this. I have a newsletter that I send out every single week. Um, it's called the the Run Good Rundown. It looks like this. You can go. There's a link in the description. You can go look at it right now. Basically, he gave away like two wins because of the short game stuff earlier this year, and now he's kind of fixed all of that. So you can go read about it. You can go look at his stat profile. But I'm certainly warming on him. Cooling on. Boy, that's hard. Um, it's not Sung Jay's fault, but again, I think he probably comes in like 20% owned. And I'm happy to look at Seamus Power or Taylor Gooch or you know, some of these other guys a little bit cheaper. I just don't think I'll get there on Sung Jay. And it's 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 really, really no fault of his own. Hey Rick, do you prefer HV3 or Keegan for last man in? Uh, still HV3. He's playing really well. He feels a lot closer than Keegan does to me, right? Keegan will be the total driving guy, but the 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 metrics are pretty pretty darn good for HV3. What are your thoughts on Adam Hadwin as a low owned flyer? Let's find out. We can do this together. Adam Hadwin. Oh, and I already have Adam typed in there. That worked out really well. That's a good headshot. Look at that. Okay, so. Great short game, or at least great around the green. He's lost once dating back to Pebble Beach Pro-Am, and the only time he lost was a half a stroke at the Players' Championship, and he finished T9 that week. Um, probably going to have to get you hot somewhere, right? Either a hot putter, which is what he did at the Players' Championship, or kind of do this again, gain three, four, five strokes on approach. He has not been good on approach recently. He's also giving a lot more back off the tee. Remember at the beginning of the year, he really fixed the approach play. I'm a little bit worried. He's losing that. You know, look at the, look at the metrics here. There's kind of a clear delineation from the RBC heritage to moving forward that it's not been nearly as good in the ball striking categories. That worries me. If I wanted to give you a different low owned flyer in the seven K range, Kevin, Na, Luke list, um, Brian Harmon for that matter. Siwoo Kim. I, I think I prefer all of those guys to, to Adam Hadwin favorite beer. I'm kind of like, listen, somebody might roast me for I'm kind of like, a, I like Stella, right? It's like a nice, like, or like a Peroni, something like a light, like Italian thing. 6K range. Arnis, Wyndham Clark, or go to the bottom and take a flyer on Nakajima. I'm a bit uh, bullish on Arnis, which I believe I have his, uh, I should have all his stuff here because he is a EP World Tour guy. Adri Arnis, I believe is how he pronounces it. So don't look at the don't look at the strokes gain metrics because he's a we don't have the breakdown for the DP World Tour. So you can kind of see his results here. So look at this run he's on. T16 at the Porsche European Open. He played the PGA Championship, made the cut, and ball struck, ball striked, ball struck the hell out of it. Lost two and a half strokes putting. This is a beautiful stat line. Could I get anything remotely close to this? I also like that he's been in the heat of the battle, right? He's played a PGA Championship. It's not like too big for him. Played in the Olympics, 
has played in some larger events on the on the European tour. All good there. Finished uh, T2 a couple of months ago at the My Golf Life Open, hosted by Pecan Wood. But look at this stretch of golf. Um, a bunch of top 10 finishes. Finished third at the Saudi. That was a better event than a lot of these other ones. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in on that. Let me take a second and talk about the homies over at Jock Market. Yeah, so they're they're crushing it right now. They're doing this is stock market DFS. You can buy, sell, short shares of athletes, golfers. The bidding is now open for tonight. Uh, if you want to look at kind of how this shook out last week, you know Tony Finau was eight dollars and fifty five cents last week. That's what you pay per share. Paid out twenty bucks, so you made eleven dollars a share because Tony Finau finished second. Um, who 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 was further down the board here? Like look at this. Wyndham Clark was three dollars and forty cents a share. Paid out eleven fifty last week. They're guaranteed payout, so it's pretty pretty handy stuff here. And uh, they're doing a ton of promos. They've got like a free contest where they're giving away a ton of money. I tweeted it out. They've just got such great promos running this week. It's a a, a site that's really captured my heart. Kind of a different style of golf or a, a different style of, of fantasy format. So two things: you can go get the free data on my website, and you can also sign up here and get your one hundred dollar deposit bonus. And use the code Rick. And also tonight there is a jock market power hour. So Joe Idoni and myself at 8.15 PM Eastern time tonight, same place, Rick running good YouTube channel. We're going to go through live as the bidding closes. It's an electric hour. Two questions. Will Bo Hostler be in the optimal lineup? Does Victor Hovland win? Uh, bonus question. Will you shed the slightest of tears when he does? Boha, I mean, I love Bo, and I actually, I actually don't mind him at like, I think he's like sixty three or sixty four hundred dollars. That's fine. Uh, he's made, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row. He's playing well enough. If Victor wins, would I cry? I don't know. There's actually, there's probably a lot of guys that I would cry. Like, I'm not like hold on, cry, but I, I'm, uh, I tear up at like, uh, <laughs> like a like great achievement. Like people that work their whole lives towards something and then finally achieve it. I, I. That gets me. The other thing that always gets me is Undercover Boss, which is weird. Like the reveal at the end of Undercover Boss. I don't know. That's that stuff. Or the moment in The Rookie, the movie, where, um, oh God, what's his name? What's that actor's name? I can't remember. He calls home to tell his wife that he's been called up. Whew, that'll get me every time. But other than that, I don't really. Uh, all right. Talked about those guys a lot. Dennis Quaid. Thank you. First time, first time viewer here. Welcome. What is your opinion on a one and done pick? Okay, so uh, the the question here is in regards to Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, or Rory McIlroy. So th this this kind of depends a lot on what your position is. Uh, you you want to play your position. If you are front running, you should probably just play Rory. He's he's likely to be the most popular golfer. Let me just confirm that. Also, I sent this out in my one and done or in my. Uh, newsletter this week. Oh, actually, Justin Thomas likely to be the most popular this week. Uh, with Rory McIlroy second, Sam, uh, Jordan Spieth not in the top five. So I think if you are front running, Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, they're, they're, they're fine. Play your position. If you need to make up ground, going a little bit further down to a Jordan Spieth, to a um, Sam Burns, to a I'm trying to think who else might be fairly low owned this week. You know, so, someone just a little bit further down the board, play your position a little bit. Hey, Rick, in your opinion, best overall player, 9K or under to have a big week, maybe someone flying under the radar, 9K or under. Well, let's, we could do this. We could just say, um, 
you know, let's just do 9K and 8K range, sort by strokes gain total in the last 24 rounds. Let's try that. Sam Burns is number one. That's kind of interesting. I don't know if, how under the radar he's going to be, but how about, um, I mean, how about Cam Young, right? Cam Young's $8,800 has missed both cuts at U.S. Opens. This is a really elite, elite skill set that he has. And when I say elite, like he's, I think he's third in strokes gained off the tee. He bombs it. That's amazing at USGA setups. Also, with what we know about these greens, you're going to be playing greenside a lot. He's awesome around the greens. This is, it is rare to have a guy who hits it that far, who has the touch that he does around the green. So I would go with Cam Young, eight and a half percent projected ownership as well. Do you think Lowry being paired with two live guys hurts him? Going to be a circus around Phil. I don't think it's going to be, or at least, at least I don't think it's going to be combative. I, I've got guys texting me who are there right now. Phil's getting nothing but love in Boston. Whether that changes, I don't know. But like what happens on golf Twitter is not what happens when people step on, on grounds at the country club. And I don't think it's going to be all that bad for these guys. In fact, I think they're going to get, especially Phil, quite a bit of love. So no, I don't think that pairing matters at all. Need one of these duos uh, without knowing the format. So it's Finau, Na, Fleetwood, and HV3, Fitz and McCarthy, Finau and Na. Hey, Rick, would you take Xander or Finau this weekend if you were doing one lineup? Um, let me look at their ownership. I would take Finau. Finau coming in at about 12, Xander coming in at about 22. The field is so stacked. It's the US Open, baby. Let's go. Ray Rick, do you have an upside preference between Wise, Mito, and Riley? I mean, Mito's probably got the upside, upside, right? Not only the recent memory of him being in the lead, standing on it, 72nd tee box at Southern Hills, but he's won three times on the Corn Ferry Tour. He's contended frequently enough recently. I think the upside is still with, with Mito. Hey, Rick, love the way the golfer profile looks now. Thank you. I have to pick one 50-year-old in my league one time throughout the year. Would you go with Furick or Phil? Oh, my God. Um, boy, that'll put me into a pickle, won't it? Furick or Phil? Furick been up to. So I have his Champions Tour stuff, obviously, because I'm a sicko. Uh, it's not great. It's really not great, right? Even on the Champions Tour, he's fit. like if if Jim if you're finishing outside the top 35 on Champions Tour, it's not great. Hasn't been a good year for Furyk. Even with that being said, I'd probably still go with him, right? I know he's going to grind for me. Phil just might straight eject from this thing, and it's not a good setup for him. He hasn't played well when we've seen him play. I didn't think he played all that well at Live. Uh, that is, uh, that's horrible, but I guess the answer is Furyk. Hey, Rick. Uh, hey, Sam. Homa or Finau, what do you think? Who do you think is more likely to miss the cut? Higher ceiling. Both look pretty close based on the data. Yeah, they're probably super, super tight. Um, I guess you could argue Finau is more likely to miss the cut, but I also think he has the higher, well, he might not have a higher ceiling. I, I guess, I guess you've got to go Homa here. He's probably safer and just as high of a ceiling. Can we deep dive straight vibing? That's Daniel Berger. It looks like he's had success on other uh, small green courses. Yeah. So I actually, um, I, I bet on Berger. Uh, I have like a 75 to one ticket from, from like three weeks ago on Daniel Berger. So I'm, I'm in on this. So this is kind of like the back injury stuff, right? Where he was kind of dealing with the issues and we were getting, you know, he withdraws from Pebble Beach like the day before or whatever. And it was just kind of weird. And then he wasn't very sharp when he started playing week in and week out. And now we're kind of seeing 
that sharp version of um of of burger again, you know, start gaining across the board. That's a really good sign. So I'm 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 in with you. Let's go. Hey Rick, how are the top six ball strikers that best fit this course 10,000 and under? I think it's who are the best, right? I think that's I think that's what we're going for. Okay. Well, let's just do this. Let's just go to the cheat sheet. Uh let's just say, I mean, I get the 10K and under, that's basically everybody, right? So let's just do, you know, approach play. I mean, how far do you want to go? Last 50 rounds, that would kind of give us the best ball strikers here. Um, Scotty Scheffler's up there. Justin, well, I guess he's not 10K or under. So Morikawa is still number one, basically gaining like 1.3. Lowry's up there. Rory's definitely up there, gaining like one and a half. Will Zalatoris, 1.5-ish. Yeah, some of these guys have sample size issues like Arnis and Charles Reeder, but yeah, that's that's who that's who I would say. Burns thoughts. Yeah, so I'm kind of on board with like Burns is kind of the light version of of Patrick Cantlay where it doesn't make any sense why he hasn't had more success in major championships, although we just saw him finish T20 at the PGA Championship. That was his best finish at a major. Um I'm happy to roll Sam Burns out. Sam, Sam I've said this a million times, Sam Burns is like a modern winner on the PGA Tour. He's got all the skill sets. He is going to win a lot. And we're already seeing that. Need a player under 6,700 that has a great chance of playing the weekend. Okay. Well, let's just do it. Let's just do this. So last 50 rounds in the 6K range. Uh, Ryan Fox is number one. We can deep dive him in a second. Arnis is not 6,800 or 6,700 or lower, which is unfortunate for you because I think that's kind of interesting. Horsefield hasn't been that bad. Let's deep dive Ryan Fox for a second. I should have, he's a DP World Tour guy, so I should have plenty of data on him. I've got, um, obviously, PGA, uh, DP. I've got, um, I've got champions. I've got Corn Fairy, and I've got live data. So, wow, look at this. Okay, so if you... If you like that, and I'm pretty sure Fox is a bomber as well. I'm pretty sure he hits it quite far. So runner up at the Dutch Open, made the cut at the PGA Championship, T2, T8, and a win. That's his last five starts worldwide. So pretty good little heater he's on. How about that? Does that work for you, Chris? That works for me. What are you most excited about? Just getting there, man. I mean, Brookline is, I could not have picked just a better situation to walk into. To go to Brookline where there's so much history at a time where golf has been a focus of the world of sport and beyond. Uh, my wife has connections to Boston, so we're going to have a great time. It, it's just like, I could not have picked anything, but I'm just so thrilled to get there. I can't believe I get paid to do this. This is a joke, right? It's a joke that I, I, I love it. I, I'm so thankful for it. Um, talked about Reed a lot. Talked about Kevin Na a lot. What do you think about Matt, Matt Fitzpatrick? Okay, I, I'm, I'm certainly on the record of like being a Matty Fitzpatty backer here. Let me just point out a couple of things for you. What you think about Matt Fitzpatrick's game might not necessarily be true. Like he is way better off the tee than people ever want to give him credit for. He gained five strokes at the Canadian Open. That was like more than all but one guy last week. Gained 4.8 at the Wells Fargo Championship, 4.6 off the tee at the Masters. His ball striking is elite. There's been one tournament, basic, there's been one tournament 
this calendar year in which he's lost strokes ball striking. And that was the match play, which is a really wonky data set because people are playing different number of holes, putts or shots are conceded, holes are conceded. It's a really wonky data set. And that's the only one he's lost in the ball striking categories. So good everywhere else. I'm, I'm just like all in on Fitzpatrick. I just love this guy. Um, and I, and I think he's just going to make a ton of money pile up top tens. I hope he breaks through so we can stop talking about he doesn't win enough. Safe travels, Rick. Can't wait to see your reports from Brookline. Thank you. The golfer profile update to the site is phenomenal. Thank you. More to come. What range are you playing most of the guys in? Yeah, I'm very, very partial to this. Um, like this 8K range is a joke, right? Like let's just, uh, whoops, that was a misclick. My bad. Let's try this again. The bottom, I, I believe the bottom half of the $8,000 range or even the entirety of the $8,000 range is where these contests will be won and lost. You know, you have, Matt Fitzpatrick, Daniel Berger, Sam Burns, Tony Finau, Max Homa. I love all of those guys, right? And then you have some really amazing pivots in Billy Horschel, who just won, by the way, 3.5% owned. Brooks Kepka, who's lost to like six guys total in his last four trips to the U.S. Open, coming in at 5% owned. Cam Young, who I've already talked about, 8.5%. Like, this 8K range to me is where the money will be won and lost. I'm positive of it. And I love so many of the guys. So I've made a lot not a lot of lineups that like live here, but like my exposure to this range is significant. Um, good question. Does it look like there is an advantage to one side of the draw? I don't believe so. There might be two hours on Thursday morning where guys get a little bit less wind. Probably not worth it, in my opinion. Uh, a lot of questions about Reed and Nah. Pretty excited about both of them. If I can only pick one, it's probably Patrick Reed. Has your opinion changed on the stats that you're focusing on? No, probably, probably not. Um, you know, we've been pretty dialed into this one for a long time, right? We had a major championship. You get a lot of early reports. Media day was early May. So we've had a lot, like we've had a lot to go off of. So no, I, I think it's a golf course. that's going to make these guys feel uncomfortable. I think I, and I, I talked about this a little bit earlier this week. There's still two lenses here to go through and I'll, I'll share the course key stats with you while I talk about this. You know, there's two there's two lenses to look through. What is the country club offer? And then what is the USGA offer? And the country club offers these tiny little greens with more pin positions now than they had before that bring on trouble around the green where I think a lot of guys are playing short side. The elevation into firm and fast greens is going to make it very difficult to hold them. Then the USGA is going to do their regular narrowing of the fairways thickening of the rough. So I think we're getting a combination where it's going to be pretty darn hard. And depending on if we get like that overnight rain on Thursday, um, I, I think the winning score could be, could be pretty close to even par. I mean, if you maybe get, I guess like six under, but if someone came in and won this at three under, I would not be, I would not be shocked at all. Um, and again, wet kind of weather dependent, but, but no, I, I think we've been pretty dialed into this one for a long time. You've got to be there's two paths, be a great driver slash ball striker or have an elite short game. Like that's it. I, and, and then pluses for creativity pluses for, um, level headedness, right? Like you're going to hit a lot of blind shots and you're not going to see your ball land. And that really screws with a lot of guys. Greg says, come on folks, smash the like button. Thank you. Good afternoon, Rick. Uh, who's the producer's play of the week? Safe travels and very well deserved buddy. Enjoy. Thank you. So, uh, if you're just joining in for the first time, that, the producer is uh, Armina. She's behind the scenes. She's also my wife slash manager slash everything else. And she is, uh, again, trying to really stuff the ballot box here. She just says, I like the cams, which gives her a lot, right? It gives her cam young. 
It gives her uh, Cam Smith. It gives her, there's got to be more, right? There's got to be more Cam. Tringale. It gives her, let's see. That's basically it. She gets three Cams. She always does this. Greetings from Galway, Ireland, Rick. Ah, yes, you were headed out there. I believe you asked last week, Oliver, if you wanted to start your lineups with Rory and Lowry. That would have worked out really well. How is Seamus Powers' history on jock market? Well, I've got that data. So here's his golfer profiles. We can go to Seamus Power. Yeah, we can just run back this, uh, you know, Irish narrative. Okay, last 20, last 20 markets, he's returned to an average ROI of 13%, but he's been bad recently. A lot of that was earlier. So he's a little bit struggling here. Now he's probably going to be cheaper than this 530 IPO that we saw him with at the Memorial as we get a better field coming off of a, a, a tough week. But yeah, last 10 has been a struggle for him. Last 10 looks closer to what my uh, retirement portfolio looks like. But um, bump, bump. Hey, Rick, did you see my question on the first cut about live and the odds on the PGA? No. So, sorry, you're going to have to resubmit that, my bad, Brent. There's a lot of things I don't see, unfortunately. Okay. Hey, Rick, remember my nephew, William Mao? He is playing in the open. He's an amateur. Shot a 63 to get in. That's sick. That's awesome. Good luck. That's awesome. I love that. Hey, Rick, what would an updated model look like? Okay. Uh, let's do it. So, custom model, rickrungood.com. <sighs> All right. Probably won't change that much. I can't remember what I did earlier in the week. I think I'm going to go with 16 rounds. And I will go... I wish I had like a creativity stat, right? Wouldn't that be nice? All right. Off the tee. It's going to be important. Let's, let's allocate 30 of, let's allocate 35 of our weights there and go 20 on accuracy, 15 on distance. Then I will go, uh, 25 on approach or maybe 20 on approach. I'll tell you what, it's obviously going to be a big skill set. However, I I'm not sure good shots are going to be always rewarded here. So that's kind of the caveat, right? Is I'm not sure Brookline's going to be fair. I, I think there's a scenario in which you had a good shot and it rolls off the front 30 yards down this false front or it doesn't hold or something like that. So as much as I want to put a lot of weight on approach, I think it might be neutralized a little bit this week. So that's probably different than what I did on, on Monday. Around the green, I think is going to be critical. Now we could do this with scrambling. We could do it with sand save. I think that's probably what I did earlier in the week. So let me just go. Let me just let me just do strokes gain around the green. We'll get we'll get some different results here. So we've got the, the the first three facets of the game in place. We have 15 weights left, and we've got we'll just put them on strokes gain putting. So what we have here is kind of our own little uh, four facet model in which we kind of weighed the different the different um, entities a little bit differently. And our number one golfer is. Oh, fudge. Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, two, Xander Shoffley, three, John Rahm, four, Sung JM, five, Sam Burns, six, Jordan Spieth, seven, Brian freaking Harmon is eight, Aaron Wise is nine, and Scotty Scheffler is 10. That's the model. I don't mind that. It's pretty good. If you open this up a little bit, what happens if we go to like 24 rounds? Last 24. Rory's now number one. Scotty gets a big bump. Davis Riley jumps in. Tony Finau jumps in. Kevin Na jumps in. Matt Fitzpatrick jumps in. Yeah. I mean, so you kind of have to decide what you what you want there, but that's that's probably how I would do it. 
here's a super chat again. Always welcome and appreciated. Never required. Deep dive on Rogers McPutts. It's Patrick Rogers, right? Just so we're all just so we're on the same page here. Uh, let's do it. Well, that's pretty good. Oof. Love this column, right? Awesome off the tee. Gained in his last five. Don't even mind the approach play. He's generally a positive. Love the putter. Can get hot. Ooh, this one hurts. This one hurts. He has lost strokes around the green in 10 of 12. 10 of 12. That's not great. I don't love that. I think it's going to be really, really important this week. Rick, do you prefer Scheffler or Spieth for one and done if given the option? Kind of position, kind of depends on your position a little bit. But I, I think I like I I I think Jordan Spieth is going to win right now. I am on the record saying that. I am trying to plug my ears about the fact that he might have left the driving range earlier and was like not feeling well. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, I'll try to confirm that with some people on the ground uh, after I get off here. And if something happens, I'll tweet it out. But um, I got to go, Spieth. Oh, here we go. Okay, so 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 here we go. Look at this. So Colt Nost. Confirmed it with Jordan through text, asking how he was, and Jordy said, quote, not good. God, that sucks, doesn't it? How bad does that suck? One, I feel horrible for him to get sick on the eve of the United States Open. But for us, oh my God, that's horrible. I don't I don't know what I'll do. I guess, I mean, let's just talk it out. If If I did... God, that's such a shame. All right, so here's Spieth 9,500. What I think is going to happen is uh, if we get word that Jordan is not playing, Xander Shoffley will be the most popular golfer on the slate. I think that's pretty safe to say. He's already at like 21%. I actually think he probably comes in higher than that. And if Jordan exits, that he will get a lot of that. I also then think um, Will Zalatoris would eat up the rest of it. I will likely, so I haven't been like a big single, I've speed in like a big single entry. I would probably swap to Will or, or Cantlay. Probably Cantlay, depending on what that ownership looks like. Man, I feel, I feel, I just feel for everybody. That stinks. Oh, I just lost my spot. Hold on. Oh boy, that stinks. Okay, I think I found it. Colt knows, Colt knows, Colt knows. Okay, got it. What's up, Rick? When you stated that you think Cam Smith won't win, is that more of a gut feeling or do the stats show him not being a course fit? I already bet him. Yeah, when I said that, like, let's be very clear here. That was in regards to, um, like, we do this thing, like, pick a golfer who's definitely not going to win from the top, and it, like, makes us look stupid when that guy wins. It's more of, like, an entertainment bit. But I, I will tell you, the reason that I picked him is, is this right here. Right, he is um, way less accurate off the tee than his other similarly priced peers. I also want to look at this other stat. This is actually a really good stat for this week. Let's look at off the tee uh, distance from edge of fairway. If you've never seen this before, distance from edge of fairway is a stat that the PGA Tour keeps that says when they miss the fairway, how far do they miss it by? And Corey Connors is number one, so that means when he misses, he only misses by on average, 19 feet. That's what, six yards, something like that. A little over six yards. That's nothing. That's not a miss at all. Um, so that's really good. And the reason that I like this stat is because at the country club, 
the more wayward you are, the more penal the situation you are in. There will be rough, thicker rough, fescue, the more you go. So let's look where Cam Smith is ranked in this stat. 130th. That's not good. That's like the bottom half, bottom third of the PGA Tour. So that's the reason I said that. Could he chip in a million times? Could he tap into a lot of his other skills? Yes. But the reason I said that is because he is in, he is just objectively more wild than some of these other guys. Let me look up. Um, I want to look up Justin Thomas too, because he's been known to spray. Yeah, 138th when he misses. Spieth too, 156. When he misses, although he's hitting a lot more fair. Again, this is when they miss. He's been hitting a lot more fairways. Hmm. Okay. Fun little stat. Hey, Rick, what is your sense on whether short hitters like Nah Harmon, Kisner can handle this course? Is it too long? So in theory, this is a shorter USGA setup, right? Torrey Pines was 500 yards longer. Aaron Hills was 800 yards longer. This is probably one of the better setups for those guys. I think it plays longer than 7,200 that's on the scorecard. But no, I think if those guys can keep it in the fairway, they're just as live as everybody else is. Bryson's latest YouTube video, I watched this. Um, was his U.S. Open prep, and he's been working with his wedge game a lot, and he found something he lost from a few years ago, Matthew. I, so I witnessed the same thing. I heard the same thing. I will caution you that Bryson DeChambeau is generally the worst narrator in golf. He is always telling us that he's feeling better than he actually is. Um, he is never really that straightforward in his intentions or the way he feels or the way his game is. So it's possible that he found something. I'm just warning you that in my experience, historically from covering these guys a lot, the we, we report that Bryson said X, not that X is true, right? Because he is that unreliable of a narrator. Would you rather have a lineup that's more evened out with 8K guys or at least 1K guy? Uh, I, I think I would have it. I would want at least 1K guy. Gabriel just says, Rick, run goat. Hey, thanks. Can't wait for the power hour. Oh, thank you. Can we run a deep dive on Sepp Straka? How about that? We are deep in it now. When the Sepp Straka questions start rolling in, uh, you know things are getting serious here. So, Frank, here we go. Sepp Straka. Uh, 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 uh. It's not that great. I'll be honest with you. It's um, struggles kind of across the board, right? He's lost in the ball striking category significantly over his last four or five. Uh, around the green, it's okay at times, not particularly great. The putter, which used to be a lot better, struggling a bit. This is this is not not really a stat profile that I'm particularly interested in. I'll be honest with you. Do you think Homa can contend here? Absolutely. What do you anticipate for a winning score and a potential cut line? Winning score, four to six under, potential cut line. Oh man, what that, it'll be like, uh, well, let's, okay. So if the course plays on average, like uh, two and a half strokes over, like four or five over. Does that feel about right? Does that feel about right? Should we expect fairways to be hit on props more than greens in regulation? Yeah. So, this is kind of interesting. So, so to me, greens and regulation props are 
they're kind of a two-part deal, especially at a course like this where missing the fairway is 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 a penalty. At courses where missing the fairway is not a penalty, it's greens and regulation are, you know, whatever. But I think this is like a two-step process. Give yourself a chance off the tee. If you're in the rough, you might not even be able to hit the green anyway. And then even if you're in the fairway, hitting the green is still going to be hard. So I I, I believe that um, this week more than most, it's very much like a, a two-step a two step job for hitting fairways. Matt Fitzpatrick sleeper to win. Not, I, I think he's, I think he could win, but not a, not a sleeper. Can you cure me of the Brooks at a major bug? <sighs> he hasn't been good, right? I don't know what the deal is with Brooks. I really don't. I had to play him in a one and done where I was just like my, I, my hands were tied. I had nothing else to do, but I'm worried that he hasn't driven it nearly as well as he used to. Um, I'm worried about a lot of this stuff, right? He just hasn't looked sharp. He made an okay run at the match play. Made an okay run at the Honda. Made an okay run at Phoenix. Missed the cut at the Masters and the players and the Genesis and the Farmers. Like, that's all very concerning stuff. This is, look look at, this is like a Christmas tree or whatever, right? There's just red and green everywhere in no order or sequence or trend. It's just, that to me describes a golfer that is kind of lost a little bit. So, um... If he if he finds a miracle like top five, it would help me in one of my one and dones. But I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not very optimistic. What's your favorite part about Boston so far? Uh, I'm not there yet, but when I get there, I will let you know. Hey Rick, thanks for the awesome content. Please rank Finau, Fleetwood, Im. Fin- oh, I already answered that one. Can you rank Cam Young, Lowry, and Neiman for GPPs? Sure. So remember, for GPPs, we have to take ownership into consideration. So as much as I love Shane Lowry, like he's probably below Cam Young in this situation because of ownership. And he's Shane Lowry's probably going to be like uh, 2.2x the ownership of, of Cam Young. So I would probably go Neiman, Young, Lowry only because we're factoring in ownership. I do really like Lowry. I'm just reading some of these comments. Um, totally agree. So there's comments about Victor Hovland. Uh, totally agree. He's actually top 10 in scrambling from the rough. Is that true? Do I have that stat? Scrambling from the fringe? Scrambling from the rough. Oh my God, I do have this. Can you absolutely believe that? Okay. Believe it or not, I've got stats I don't even know that I have on rickrangood.com. Is this true about Victor Hovland? <gasps> it is. Shout out to Chris, who has pointed out that Mr. Victor Hovland, the guy who's, quote, going to chip himself out of every golf tournament, is actually 10th on tour in scrambling from the rough. Jordan Spieth, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung J.M., Sepp Straka, Aaron Wise, Mito Pereira, Victor Hovland. Good find, Chris. Good on you, bud. Hey, Rick, you got me hooked on Jock Market. Missed out on the promo code. Facepalm emoji. Thanks for the weekly intel. Great stuff. You like Arnis, Fox, Victor Perez. I assume they will be low-owned. Yeah, Arnis and Fox, I think I like better. And yes, they will be low-owned. This just says, hey, Rick. Hey, Matt. Shane 
Uh, a lot of questions about Shane Lowry. If you're Jay Monahan, who's the best player to win the PGA this week? I guess Rory McIlroy, right? Like easily Rory McIlroy. That's the guy. That's the guy. Okay. We haven't talked about Colin Morikawa yet, which is kind of nuts. Um, I also had to play Colin Morikawa in a big one and done. <laughs> and I'm worried about that as well. But let's just look at Morikawa. Actually, technically it's Morikawa, which is how he says it, but I'm kind of trained to say it otherwise. Um, I think that Morikawa, Morikawa is more creative around the greens than his stats give him credit for. And he's also fairly good out of bunkers, I believe. But the putting, man, he's lost in, what is that? Eight of nine? Seven of seven of eight? Boy, that's troublesome. Approach play is still pretty good, even though he's struggling with that, like, you know, he's struggling with the baby fade. He's hitting like a little bit of a draw. Still been pretty good. I I think he's an interesting pivot. If you can stomach it. If you can, I, I get it. I don't think he's going to be 13% owned. I think he's going to be lower than that. If you don't cry during Field of Dreams, you are a cyborg. What part? What part? I got to have a part. We did that. We did that. We did that. Yeah. So I'm also like, I'm like 30 minutes behind on, on questions. So I've answered a lot of these already. So bear with me for a second, just as I, as I continue to do this. Uh, what the fuck? This says... This says thoughts on Spieth for the flu game this week. Also, show your feet, Rick. What is that? Like, I might have to start an OnlyFans for that. You got to pay. Um, okay, so we can do Scotty, right? So we, it's taken us however long into the sh- into the show to 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 talk about the number one golfer in the world and the guy who's won a billion times this year. So when you're when you're looking at the top, you kind of do have to split hairs a little bit, right? Like the differences between or the likelihood that John Rahm wins versus Rory McIlroy versus Justin Thomas versus Scotty Scheffler are all probably within like a half a percent of one another. So you you do kind of have to split hairs. I am the tiniest bit worried, not majorly worried, just the tiniest bit worried that the putter has cooled off for Scotty Scheffler. Because look at the stretch from Phoenix where he won to the Masters where he won for the fourth time. He gained six and a half, two and a half, four point two, one point seven, four, and two point eight in putting in those four, or not in those four, like during that stretch where he had four wins. He has now lost one and a half. He's lost one. He's gained a half, and he's lost a half. It's not that he has been horrible, but it it is clear that he is not putting as well now as he was. Which, when I look at that, makes me a little bit worried. That's all I'm saying. So I. Understand if you have to run a mountain of one and done. I understand if you are trying to find a leverage spot. I understand all of that. I'm just saying that is statistically true about Scotty Scheffler. Really out of left field question. Thoughts on not going higher than Lowry, 9,000, and building in the mid seven to high 8K range. Love the content, by the way. Thank you for all the advice each week. Thank you. So that would be starting at 9K. So you'd miss out on. All these guys, boy, it's a lot of win equity to give up. And I love the 8K range, but that is a lot of win equity to give up. I am not, the, the good news is you'd be very unique and you could, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even have to worry about ownership, quite honestly, because you'd be a, you'd have a very unique lineup. But that to me feels a bit overthinky. Uh, hey, Rick, what would be the most fun 
controversial final grouping this week. The most fun would be like Rom and Rory. The most controversial would be like Rory and Reed. Could you imagine like a good versus evil, live versus PGA tour, whatever? Like uh if the final couple pairings were included Rory, Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Patrick Reed, my brain would explode. I you wouldn't you'd never hear from me again. I wouldn't be able to take it. I'd be on the ground. I would not be able to take it. Uh, hey, Rick, can you run another model? I've I've done that, but again, I'm like 30 minutes behind on questions, so uh, you've probably already seen that. Matt says, what is your outright card this week? All right, I want to make sure I get this right, and I want to make sure I get you the odds right because I have um, I entered the week with some futures, and then it kind of uh, hampered me a little bit. So let's see. And all right, so my official card for this week. So I, I bet Victor every single week. That I, I don't count that as part of my card. So he's 39 to 1. I have a future. I future bets on Tony Finau at uh, 45 to 1. I thought it was 50. It's 45. Patrick Reed at uh, 100. And Daniel Berger at 75. I then this week added to that uh, a small wager on John Rahm because I was shocked that nobody was talking about him. I have Jordan Spieth at 28 to 1, and I have Corey Connors at 62 to 1. That is what I've done. Uh, Louis Ustazen. We haven't talked about Louis. So I, I feel like Louis is one of the harder guys in the field to figure out because we haven't seen him play all that much. And when we've seen him play, it's kind of hard to say, hey, this T10 at Liv was awesome. I don't know. Shit. Yeah, probably. I don't know if it was or not. It's 48 golfer field, and he was one of the best players. Am I impressed by that? I don't know. PGA Championship, 60th. Withdrew from the Masters. Didn't get out of his group at the match play. T62 at the Valspar, T42 at the players. It's not been all that good. The putter, which when you know he was rolling last year, um, was one of the best putters. Ha- haven't really seen that. I'm I'm not particularly bullish on Louis. I gotta be honest with you. Great content, says Dale. Thank you, Dale. You like both Fitz and Lowry, but can only add one on DraftKings. Who is it? Ah, um, God, that's so tough. Fit, uh, Lowry. I think it's Lowry. I listen. This is. I'm not saying this is an open championship, but this will feel more like an open championship than many U.S. Opens you remember. That's what I'm gonna say. Ooh, hey Rick, says Max. Surprise my dad with tickets for tomorrow's round. That's sick. Setting up uh, a bunch of DFS lineups now with your help and content. Hoping to see you and snag a pick. Yeah, come find me. I will likely be around. So the CBS Sports Compound or wherever they set up for cameras and stuff is generally around the practice area, whether it's the driving range or I haven't seen it yet, but that's generally where they set up for these things. So I imagine I will be around there quite a bit. So if you see me say, what up? This is a good question, Anthony. I appreciate this. Could we take a look at power? Unless you already did already, I'll just go back. That is a very savvy little comment. Uh, but no, I don't think we did. So let's talk about it. He's okay. So despite the name, he is uh, way more accurate off the tee than long, right? 
He is 52nd in driving accuracy, 91st in distance. I also like three-putt avoidance, right? So let's look at three-putt avoidance, 69th on tour. Scrambling 17th, that's pretty darn good. Sand saves a little bit worse than that. So he must be pretty darn good around the greens then. Oh, 88th. Scrambling is kind of an up, or is a, is, is a relative to par thing too, which might be interesting for this week. Okay, anyway, sorry. Oops. Oh, there we go. Misclick. Okay. I'm generally fine with these metrics, right? So he goes 17th at the Byron Nelson, 9th at the PGA. I was pretty heavily invested in him at the Memorial, and he lost 3.95 strokes putting, which is probably one of the worst putting performances of his career. Let's look. Uh, yeah, fifth worst of his career. Probably not going to happen again. Matt Fitzpatrick lost like seven on those greens in route to a missed cut. So yeah, let's go. Let's fire up Seamus. Let's have at it. Uh, we're kind of in overtime right now. I understand it's it's four o'clock. I'm going to keep going. Let's see what else we can find. If if there's uh, there's you know there's a bunch of these questions I've already answered, so I'll skip through those. But um, Rick, play along. If you could have any PGA Tour player, PGA Tour player caddy for you, who would it be and why? Rory McIlroy has said a couple of times that he could take quote ten strokes off of an amateur's game just by caddying for them and telling them where to hit it. I'll take Rory up on that offer. Oh, no. I lost my spot. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, no, I got it back. Here we go. Anyone playing an all-live golf lineup this week? Yes. I've, people have sent me screenshots of them. Yes, they are. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on answer and Connors? Kind of out on answer. I don't really trust the guy. I think he kind of, if he doesn't play well, he kind of ejects a little bit. If we haven't done the full Corey Connors breakdown yet, I've, I've been ranting and raving like a lunatic about him all week long. He is just unbelievable off the tee. His ball striking is second to none. And oh, by the way, he's figured out the short game. Look at this. He's putting well again. Look at this. It's amazing. This is such a good profile. He's only got one win his entire career. 2019, no, 20, was it 19? Or maybe been longer than though. Longer than that. At, at uh, Valero. Now I got to look. Yeah, it was 19. Okay. Yeah, 2019 at Valero. I don't know if he's going to win. Probably not. But God, I love, like, I want to buy. I'm buying the next six months of Corey Connors. I'm in. Hey, Rick, name one golfer who can actually win under 7,000. Boy, big ask. Um, this is going to hurt. Francesco Molinari. He's won an open championship. I think this feels more like an open championship. He has three top 25s in his last three trips to the U.S. Open. Finished 26th at the Memorial. He finished 17th at the Wells at the uh, Byron Nelson. He is fairly stout around the greens. And this is, of all U.S. Open setups, on the shorter side. Is Rom's short game a concern? No. He's fixed it. Uh, I've answered a lot of these, which is good because I'm like now only 15 minutes behind on questions. Okay. I would love a deep dive on Joaquin Neiman. I didn't see you go through him in any of the shows. That's probably true. Honestly, he's probably someone who's, who's flown completely under the radar. I think it's it's likely just because I'm, at least for me personally, I'm just, I'm, 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 I generally feel the same about Neiman that I do most weeks, which is, such a good driver of the golf ball, which is which is a huge weapon. I do like the fact that he's putting it well again. So if you remember, um, there was a there was a portion of last season for the most part where he was inside the top ten in putting, and then he lost a lot of those gains at the end of the year. And now he's starting to putt well again. He's gained two strokes with the flat stick 
in each of his last four starts. So yes, I'm, I, um, that's my fault for not really talking. Whoops. Sorry. I should have been sharing my screen there. Um, so here's, here's, here's the good period. Here's the bad period. Here's the good period again. So I, I generally feel the same about Joaquin Neiman as I do most weeks, which I'm like, like a seven and a half out of 10. Like I, I just, I just never divert from a seven and a half out of 10 on, um, on Joaquin. Who is uh, the cheapest play in your big single entry? Uh, I've got one or two in the 6,000. Uh, Arnis is definitely in it. I think that's my cheapest guy. Oh, boy. If, if I have to remove Jordan Spieth from these lineups, I'm going to be quite upset. Hey, Rick, are you looking at course history with small greens like uh, Pebble Beach and Harbortown? Yes, I ran that model a bit earlier. Run back for that. Um, yes, I've heard. I've heard about Jordan Spieth. Yes, I've heard. Okay, I've answered a lot of these, which is good. Who do you like most out of the live field? Reed. Rick, do you think that the thick rough will level the playing field around the greens? If so, this will lead... Uh, yeah, so... Uh, no. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I do think that thick rough helps some of the weaker guys. I think that's better than being shaved down. I do just also think there's going to be a lot of tricky spots like these chocolate drops, or there's kind of like some fescue that protects some of the greenside bunkers that I think are going to be troublesome. So, so I think the worst around the green players are going to get a little bit, a little bit of a boost, but it, it's still going to be incredibly difficult around these greens. Can you generate the top six ROI on jock market for the last 10 events? Yeah, sure. Uh, the other thing is, uh, without sounding rude, uh, you could do this. This is all free. RickRungood.com, the jock market data is free. So you can go put any of this stuff in. So uh, last 10 events, top six in ROI. Sepp Straka, uh, of guys, I'll just read off the guys that have 10 markets. Sepp Straka, Davis Riley, Cam Young, Mito Pereira, Bo Hostler, Scotty Scheffler, then it goes to Billy Horschel, Wills Altours. But this is all free. So you can go, you can go check that out. Uh, Steve asks, hey, Rick, thanks for your content. Is the percentage of ownership just a guess or is uh, Fantasy National linked to DK ownership? So uh, just to clear this up for people. So I don't, nothing is, we don't, no one knows what the actual ownership is going to be. From my understanding, there are sites out there, and I don't know how Fantasy National does it. There are sites out there that if you generate lineups, uh, it will basically track your lineups and say, hey, everybody at this site, of, of all the people at this site, you know, 25% had Xander Shoffley in their lineups or something like that. I don't do that. It's a very, very slippery slope. Uh, I do not keep any of the lineup generation information. So like when you go run a model, at, a custom model at rickrungood.com, I have no idea that you even do it, right? And I don't know who you're putting in, how often someone's... Like, it's a very slippery slope when you start collecting that data. There's been plenty of scandals about that in the early days of DFS. So I don't keep it. I don't track it. I don't do anything. Um, I just have, over the years, developed this model, which is like a bunch of key indicators. How does the how does the public react to certain pricing? How does it react to miscuts or guys that are playing well or whatever? And I just keep honing it in, honing it in, honing it in, honing it in until I can make an educated guess at what the ownership is going to be. Um, 
I've answered a lot of these, which is good because I always feel bad when I'm like 30 minutes behind. So I, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good that I've answered a lot of these. I'm 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 very happy. I'm very happy about this. Okay, I think I think I'm I'm almost uh, I'm almost out. Hey Rick, if the if a live golf guys wins the open, can we agree chaos is in full effect, buddy? You have no idea. It, it's going to be madness. It'll be good for uh, views and clicks though, but it will be madness. Does your strategy change for other majors? Uh, no, no, not generally. I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't like make more lineups and make more bets, but that's not really a strategy. That's just me being overexposed and being excited about it. When you headed to Boston tonight, I will be there before you know. You're going to blink your little eyes and I'll be there. Uh, ooh, this is good. This is a good question, Eric. I don't think I have an answer for it. Can you do a deep dive on Gil Hans courses? So, uh, the way that I have the data set up now, no, but I could, right? So, so the, the problem is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Gil Hans does a lot of like redesigns, right? I don't know if there's a lot, I, I think outside of maybe the course they used in the 2016 Olympics, I'm not sure if he has like a lot of tour stops where he's the main, he was the architect which is kind of how the I have the data saved. I do have the renovation data, so I could add that, but that's interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Evening, Rick. Love the site. Thank you. Mito or Homa? Probably still Homa. Rick, thanks for all you do. Just want to make sure you understand that we have to endure those awful PXG ads before all of your videos. Ha! Is that true? I don't know. I don't know who... Uh... So I have YouTube Premium big baller that I am. I pay to not see the ads, but, uh, I did not, I, I always wonder what ads they put on before these things. At least it's golf related. I did not know it was those crazy PXG ads. That's hilarious. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, okay. This is a pretty good question. Why is three putt avoidance? Um, why three putt avoidance on these small greens? It's a good question. Uh, they're super undulating. And if you go watch a lot of the practice round stuff, there are a ton of like 12 foot putts that run out to six feet, right? And they just never stop. And they're going to be like glass if the USGA has anything they can say about it. So that is an awesome question, Aaron. I, I, I just believe that even on these greens, even them being very small, there are still going to be a lot of three putt opportunities just because of how far they're running. They never stop. And if you are above the hole, you are screwed. That's why I think three putt avoidance is kind of important this week. Are you, Kyle, Greg, and Jacob actually going to do a pod in the same room any of the four days? John, let me tell you, that's the plan for all four days. Greg will be there. I'll be there. Kyle, Jacob, this is the first time more than two of us have ever been in the same room together. I've met Jacob. I've met Kyle. I've never even met Greg in person, and we've all never been together. How sick is that? We are planning... Jacob's bringing his big board. We're planning to go live from Brookline together in the same room. I cannot freaking wait for this. Okay. I'm 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 getting to the end. The questions are getting are turning more into comments, which is generally a sign that we are uh, we are running out of this. Uh, talked a lot about Cam Smith. You can go back. Um, yeah, we'll have to figure out what to do with, with Jordan Spieth here. Yo, Kitty Yama's not bad. Frank says, uh, whoops. 
Frank said, oh, maybe it wasn't Frank. Somebody said, Mark said, how do you feel about Denny versus Kitayama? Uh, probably a Kitayama guy. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pause it there. We went 12 minutes over, which I'm happy to do at a major championship. couple of parting thoughts here, especially in regards to Jordan speed. So I'm going to go hop on Twitter and see what the hell's going on and start texting some people. Um, if the only thing that we find out between now and lock tomorrow is that Jordan Spieth doesn't feel well, I will probably sadly remove him from my single entry, my larger single entry, but I will likely keep him in maybe a three max or a five max or something like that. Uh, because if there is a mass exodus from Spieth and it's like a 24-hour bug or he grinds through it on Thursday and he feels a lot better on Friday, I don't know. But I, that's a real shame because I loved his chances this week. So I'm hoping he chugs Pepto-Bismol and um, feels a lot better. Otherwise, as I mentioned, I will be there tomorrow morning throughout the entire thing. I'll be with CBS. If you see me, say hello, introduce yourself. Always love meeting everybody. One more thing to do tonight, the Jock Market Power Hour. It's at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, and we're going to ball out. There's a ton of promos. Joe Idoni and myself are going to go through the field, and we're going to play Stock Market DFS, and then I am driving to the airport and getting on a plane. That is the plan. Um, otherwise, it's going to be a freaking blast. I appreciate you all. See you from Boston.